All righty, welcome to another episode of the Worldcraft Club podcast, and we have a very special forward slash not special episode for you today. Mostly special, sort of not special. It's special because we have Seth here, and it's also not special because we have Seth here and Seth is off hey. here. So Seth, why is this episode both special and not special? This episode is special because I get to brag about something that I am doing, and yeah. I'm very excited about it. I'm excited to talk about it. I'm excited to talk about what's coming up. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's it's it, it's a mostly special episode. It's mostly special because a lot of you may not know this. Actually, Seth, you're kind of chugging away. I would I would argue you are you are what what we could call an accomplished author at this point. Well, thank you. That's very kind of you. Well, you've you've <laughs> written you've written six books. Is it six? You're about you're on your uh, sixth just about. Now? I'm I'm about to finish up the sixth. And that is the special event that, well, one of the special events that I'm excited to share. Yeah, yeah, and and it's also you've been you've been milling through some audiobooks too with the, the with your yeah. Friends. I I am not producing them, so mm -hmm. so I don't have as much work to do there. But I'm very excited to announce not only a sixth book, but the third in the series is coming out on Audible at the same time, same day. And and, and the guy reading them has like a great voice for reading amazing them. like it's kind of a little bit gravelly isn't it it's like a, it, yeah. sounds, it sounds a bit thrillery i kind of kind of get like a jack reacher kind of feel from the dude eric jason say? martin is eric reading the books yeah. and is just doing such a phenomenal job it's yeah. it's really outstanding yeah so yeah, if you yeah. like audiobooks definitely definitely check them out yeah yeah no, it's 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 rad stuff. So you know what? Let's let's just go back to the beginning. Okay. So um, you've you've been writing these books now for how long? I have been writing since um, about the summer of 2018. I think is when I started. So for those keeping the score at home, that's like two and a half years. Two and a half years. About yeah. two and a half years, and you put out six books. Yep. I just wanted to leave some quiet there, like for people to <laughs> gasp. Um, but no, it's it's something that we actually don't often talk about in the podcast yeah, in particular it's true. And, it's true. and 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 so it's kind of like it's neat to get this this side of you because it's it's one of those things where once in a while seth will get in touch with me and uh, we'll just be kind of casually talking and he'll be talking about something he's doing for his book he's oh i'm having some artwork done for this cover what do you think of this or like you know hey i wrote I, you know what, what do you think about this thing i help i helped seth edit one of the books away a ways back when i was mm -hmm. part, part of a team of people who were just kind of looking it over and um seth's work has been one that i was really nervous about because whenever your friends go and do projects um you never want to be the friend that tells them that it's not good because i i didn't know i didn't know what it was going to be like right so seth, right. uh so right. i was completely and seth was like hey do you want to do you want to read my books and edit them and i was like oh it's, probably not like you know and so i i went and i actually bought them in secret and then like read them and was like um crap i really want to finish these books <laughs> like seth <laughs> could i edit your books so i can read them faster and, um, so it, yeah it kind of yeah. was something that that kind of drew me in and, and i think we should really start with like what, what, what's the basic premise of your book what's your tagline for your series? sure so these books are about a young man yeah. of tremendous size he is eight foot nine inches tall and has a uh, has some medical conditions playing a full immersion virtual reality game mm. so he is in his body is in suspended animation while he explores this fantasy world called Nova Terra and he makes friends and he loses friends and he uh, 
fights through adventures and goes dungeon diving and gets involved in plots and conspiracies and it's fun yeah well i mean it's, it's real fun it, it's 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 like novaterra is like a vr world of warcraft on roids essentially yeah absolutely and absolutely and it's and it's itself it's a fantasy world right correct so it's essentially swords and sorcery it is very sort of D D inspired yeah yeah so it's it, it's kind of like a um you, you have this science fiction world people who are aware they are playing a game they are in a game and mm -hmm. um and and that is kind of like that's unusual i i, I think I, I yeah so it's this is a new genre that yeah. is sort of picking up steam and it's called gamelet hmm. or lit rpg depending on um sort of how gamified the world is yeah yeah but it's it's a weird genre because for the most part it's a science fiction genre yeah but often the game that's being played is a fantasy game hmm. because many of us who are writing grew up on world of warcraft yeah yeah and we grew up on D and D, yeah. and so a lot of a lot of the games that we play just have a fantasy bent to them. And mm. so the worlds we're now writing about have a fantasy bent, even though it is technically a science fiction story. So it kind of feels like cheating, right? Like it feels like <laughs> cheating because you you are you're essentially saying I want to write a fantasy world, but I don't really need it to make sense, <laughs> like. In in a way, like you kind of, I feel like you can get away with more. Do, do you do you sense that in your world building? You can certainly get away with more. Yeah. The advantage it gives, and I understand, I understand where you're coming yeah, from yeah. here. It's a video game, hmm. so there has to, there does have to be internal consistency, right? It cannot be completely random. So it is not the same as like an absurdist fantasy like you'd get from Terry Pratchett or an absurdist sci-fi like you'd get from Douglas Adams. Mm. Though those are two of my favorite writers and I love the that <laughs> genre, those genres, yeah, yeah. right? Absurdist uh, fantasy but, or but absurdist fiction. You don't fiction. have that flexibility that they- might. But I don't have that flexibility. Yeah. What yeah. I do have the flexibility to do is say, it's a video game. Yeah. The, the people who made the video game made the rules the way they made the rules and everybody just has to deal with it. Yeah. Right. And so if something doesn't make sense entirely, I can just sort of explain it away as a video game. Uh, okay. So you spill the beans. Have you done that? Like, has there ever been like a, a time as you're building this? Cause like you, you have quite a, um, you have quite a process and I want to dive into that because I think this is really important in terms of uh, folks who are listening now who are interested in different ways of putting their books together. But like, have you had to go back in and kind of give a, a game um, cheat to, to like fit something together? And, and do you yes. feel like, do, do, do you want to talk about that? Or, or you can be I, way. We all are. So I have done that. Yes. I'm not going to say where <laughs> because it is hidden well enough that I don't think anybody is going to notice. Ah, oh, it's amazing. But I did have to go back after somebody was reading it, pointed out a pretty big loophole yeah. in sort of the way everything was being handled. Yeah. And and yeah. some interesting so so I'll share. So the, so Thorn's uh Thorn is the main character. Mm. Again, he's an eight foot nine inch giant in real life he yeah. comes into a video game and the game 
sort of forces him into keeping his size. So he is a giant walking around among smaller people, right? Yeah. And the, the, the game whole doesn't conceit... allow you to change too much about your 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 Correct. physical shape and form. So if you're if you're like a skinny athletic guy, you're going to be skinny and athletic in the game more or less. Like you can Correct. alter it a little bit, but you'll still kind of be you. Correct. Sorry, yeah, and, it retains your essence. And the game then calculates it does its math based on your the physics of a body your size, mm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the conceit of this whole thing is that when you put a body that size using the same math that you would use for a six-foot person, it gets really wonky really yeah. fast. Yeah, yeah. And so Thorn is effectively, in order for the game to accurately represent him, it has to make him super dense and as a result, super strong. Mm. So Thorin is literally a giant among like regular people. So one of the things that I had to adjust was sort of how his his carrying capacity and his um his strength worked, like the math for it. Yeah. And I'm I'm not gonna again spoil how I how I adjusted that mm -hmm. or how I sort of fixed the plot hole that was there. Yeah, yeah. But I did have to do that at one point. I did have to go back retroactively and say, "Oh, this thing that nobody else noticed, but somebody noticed." <laughs> I just explain it away. <laughs> well, I think everybody has to do that at some point or another. And, yeah, and, and I think it's it's kind of neat. I think Gamelit offers, and I call it cheating before, but it does offer that sort of flexibility that you can sort of blame potential inconsistencies on game logic because it kind of has to work and and right. that can apply a little bit like a deus ex machina in any other story where you know you're, you're not Correct. saying it's a game so you can't say well it's for gameplay mechanic purposes which is just right. kind of like it's it's an interesting thing and, and there's and uh, it's neat that you can use that and you hinted at this as you were talking about this just now but like i'd love to dive into it because you, you have a very interesting collaborative method of developing your stories and worlds and i'd, I'd love for you to explain yeah that. can you get into that a little bit sure so so the easiest way to to explain this process is to is to talk about how I monetize. Yeah. So I run a Patreon page mm. and I give away my story for free. So the way this works is I post a lot of of my earlier books online for people to read mm. and then I have a Patreon page where people can support me and can also read ahead. Well, what that means is that I have 550 beta readers yeah. who are reading through the story <laughs> as I'm writing it on a weekly basis. Yes. I post three chapters a week. They're reading through and they tell me when it sucks. Right? They tell me when I'm missing things. Yeah. They tell me when they don't like the direction the story is going. Mm. And that gives me an opportunity to then adjust it before I send it out into the world for public consumption. Yeah. This this process has also led me though to sort of this epiphany. Yeah. The world of Nova Terra is absolutely massive. And I am telling a single story in this world. Yeah. I cannot possibly fill the entire thing by myself. There's no way. I can't do it. But what I can do is I can give my readers the freedom to contribute. Yeah. 
So a great example of this on the Facebook group that uh, that we have for Novaterra, I just posted a uh, some weeks back, I posted a a question saying, hey, we want to build a spooky sea town yeah. in Novaterra. Yeah, yeah. I have gotten probably a dozen names for the spooky sea town and reasons that they're a spooky sea town. Yeah, All of a sudden, yeah. I have a dozen spooky sea towns that I can just drop into Novaterra and then have my characters stumble through. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? And, and this process isn't just with that. I do this for races. I do this for classes that people would want to be involved with. I did it for the book five villain. Yes. And turned out one of the coolest villains that I have personally ever encountered in a fantasy world. Yeah. You know, somebody who is who is has interesting motivation is not your run of the mill bad guy there's some complication to him mm. and when i sort of open up for my audience to start contributing to my world all it does is give me more material and and make it better right now obviously i do i do have final ownership of it and so yeah. i do sometimes have to make decisions based on where I want to take the story that I'm telling. Yeah. So I don't just accept everything blindly. Yeah. But at the same time, I would say about 50% of Novaterra, 50% of what we've run across in these six books has been generated in some way by the readers. Now, it, it, it's interesting for me. So this, this podcast is my first like real creative endeavor where I've kind of put myself out there and taking some risks. Um, I would absolutely freaking hate to have 550 of my closest friends looking over my shoulder while I was trying to create something and having like that much access to my content. Like, and I mean, it's, 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 it's the best. Like it's, 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 you make it sound idyllic, but I, I feel like you've got to have some fairly thick creative skin in order to at times say, no, I'm going to make the decision that's going to piss you off. Yeah, it can be tough. Yeah, it can be tough. And sometimes book six is a great example of this. Something happens in book six that everybody just sort of stopped and proverbially looked at me yeah. and they were like, what is this? Ooh. But yeah, we, the nice thing is because they're reading ahead, I get that gut reaction, yeah. right? They read the chapter, it ends. The next chapter isn't until Friday. Yeah. You know, they read it on Wednesday. The next chapter is until Friday. And I get that reaction and I get that that pause where they're saying, mm, I'm not so sure about this. I'm not so sure about this. Yeah. But the result is that I was able to do what I needed to do with the story. And I was able to take their feedback, incorporate it into changing chapters prior to the event to make it to make it more realistic that it's happening, like to make it flow better. Yeah. Um, I was able to, I was able to beef up my reasoning. Yeah. Right. Because one of the things that, that this process helps incredibly mm. is the fact that as writers, we have our worlds in our head. Yeah. But the amount that you imagine is not the amount that you put out. Well, well we, we've, we've talked a little bit about this as well. Like it's, it's ultimately like the world builders in a lot of ways are your readers because you are only putting out the scaffolding of the idea. 
and your and your readers are then taking it and they're running with it and they're creating the world exists in their head sort of independently but they've got your bones right they've got your so, scaffolding that you put out there so what ends up happening yeah. in that case is that is that your reader has a different world in mind than you did yeah, yeah. you've got even though you have different put terras floating around in your in your patron page Correct. So you have, I have put this world out there for everybody to see, and everybody else is filling in the gaps. Those might be gaps that I have filled in, in my head, but yeah. I've never actually written. Yeah. And so what this helps me do is it helps me identify where those gaps are because people start saying things like, oh, this character and that character are going to get together. Yeah. And I say, that's what? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. What? Where'd you get that from? Yeah. But then as they talk about it and I read back through, I say, oh, yeah, I guess I am giving sort of an indication there that something is going on, right? Yeah. So I've got a question for you with this, all right? Like um, there's a bunch of threads I want to tug on here, but here, here, here's the biggest one. How do you prevent yourself from becoming J.K. Rowling? Like, because like, essentially what happens with one of the big issues with JK Rowling and like, we, we have, are you, are you talking about, uh, I'm talking about her theme park wizards or, wizards. oh yeah. No. How do you prevent yourself? <laughs> I don't want to prevent myself from becoming JK Rowling. No. So it, I'm, so I'm happy to, here's happy it, to be that. I'll give a point of clarification here because like, it's essentially like, um, J.K. Rowling wrote some phenomenal books, right? Like, I am a huge, yep. huge Harry Potter fan. I have the pop-up book, which is amazing. And I have all these great, you know, original illustrated stuff. I, I love it. We went to Harry Potter World for our anniversary, fifth anniversary, and had a blast. And, um, but she sometimes, like, submits weird answers to lore. Like, when, when people, yep. like, ask her questions, she just says X, Y, Z. Like when, when she's yep. kind of placed under pressure by her fan base. And sometimes like people kind of look at that and go, mm, feels contrived. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so you, you're talking about having, in, in essence, a similar process occurring in real time with your patrons. Right. How do you maintain, like, I mean, first of all, I think I think one cool thing is that with your patrons, you've got kind of this uh, this understanding that they are seeing partially complete work but they're getting right. it faster. They're kind of like mainlining that black tar heroin before, before it hits yep. the market. And it's like, you know, yep. sometimes there's going to be something that doesn't work out quite the same way. And so you're going to go back and you're going to tweak. How, how do you avoid the excesses of that where you're just, uh, do, do you see where I'm coming from? Can you, I do, I do. Yeah. Thought? And, yeah. and I think the way you avoid it, the way I avoid it is by not answering every question. <laughs> yeah and yeah. by saying that my characters are distinct yeah and they're not all good yeah right i bad characters don't always have bad ends uh good characters don't always have good ends mm -hmm. what what i tell people a lot is if you would like to see what you're talking about in my story write a fan fiction yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i will post it and promote it yeah as long as it meets a minimum standard i will help you edit the fan fiction right? Yeah. If you want to see that, write a story, right? This is, this is the story that I'm telling and it's going to be what it is. And I confess that I have to go back and search through my books so that I don't make huge glaring mistakes Yeah, because 
I very, very, very rarely revisit something that's already written. Yeah. So one of the things, one of the things that I think that that J.K. Rowling is is sort of doing as she answers these questions in sort of weird ways is that she's taking she's taking the story that she wrote in the past and trying to bring it into who she is in a modern context, mm-hmm. right? And reinterpreting the story in her current context. I I do not do that at all. Yeah. My first book is is of poorer quality yeah. than my second. My second is of poorer quality than my third. My third is probably of poorer quality than the fourth. People liked the fifth one way better than they liked any of the others. Yeah, oh really? And so this is a this is sort of a progressive me getting better at writing. Yeah. Me coming to a better understanding of what this story is, me telling a more complicated story as I go. And the beginning is what what it is. I don't I don't feel a feel a particular need to to change it and 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 I'm gonna let it be the snapshot. Like I'm not ever going to go back and edit them. Yeah. Like re-edit them. Yeah. Right. Because I want that to be the story I was telling in 2018, the story I was telling in 2019, the story I was telling in 2020. Right. Yeah. And now I'm writing the story I'm telling in 2021. And and I think just being, and this sort of goes back to this whole idea of having 550 people reading over my shoulder as I write. I feel like there's a huge advantage as a, as a creative person in simply being okay with putting out subpar work. I call it my make bad art policy. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're definitely going to have to expand on that one. Cause like the, the desire to, the desire to make something like like I struggle with this. Like I struggle with this making making this podcast. Like when you know we we come under criticisms, when they're silly criticisms, I can usually bat them off. When mm-hmm. they actually have like a grain of truth to them and they're delivered in kind of like a butthole fashion, like those are the yeah. most irritating ones. Where I'm just kind of like, no, that's actually a really fair point. You're just being a jerk, still being a jerk. You know, those right. are probably the most painful ones. And like. Yeah, you, you you break break that down for me. Break that down for me. Sure. So this idea of make bad art, yeah, is predicated on the understanding that incremental change is more realistic than drastic change. Yeah. And on the idea that mastery takes time hmm. and it takes effort and it takes repetition. Yeah. So, the concept behind make bad art is it is better to make something than to not make something. And it is better to put something out into the a space where it can be criticized so that you can get feedback to improve than it is to hide it away. Because especially, especially when you're dealing with something like writing, which is a it is art, but it is also a method of communicating, which yeah. means that multiple people have to be involved right? If, if my art was simply drawing a, a line, then I could practice that in secret until I could draw the most perfect line. Yeah. But that's not what it is. My stories aren't for me to read. Yeah. They're for other people to read. Yeah. And so if I make bad art and I'm okay with the fact that I make bad art, then as long as I am doing it constantly, as long as I am making my bad art every day, I will get better. And eventually I'll be good enough that people will be interested in reading it. And then eventually I'll be good enough 
that people will not only be interested in reading it, but they'll be interested in paying me for it. Right. Yeah. And this is, this is, that's the basic idea, man. I probably started writing in 2015 and I was not very good at it. I was really bad at it. And it took me, it took me a year or two to like finally get up the courage to put something online. Yeah. And then I just hammered at it and I hammered at it and I hammered at it and I hammered at it until I wrote a story and somebody read it and said, oh, hey, this is actually pretty good. Yeah. Right. And then I started seeing more of those comments mm. and somebody said, "Ooh, I would love to actually have this in a full length story, not in a short story, but in a full length novel. And yeah. that was book one and book two of Novaterra. And then since then, people have continued to say, hey, I'm interested in reading this, this story. But that only happened because of this sort of incessant repetition and taking in all of the feedback, all of the bad criticism, Yeah. right? All of the terrible, terrible negative criticism and saying, okay, what's the one good thing that I can pull out of this? Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and this I'll is, be good eventually. So, well, this is, this is fast. I'd say you're good now, but this is um, <laughs> getting better, but you, this is, this is fascinating stuff because like you, you didn't just expose yourself to criticism. You, you, you invited it, you know, Absolutely. Like you, you have, um, you have created your brand essentially around the absorption, the continual absorption of criticism to make your, to make yourself better. It's a little bit like goblin forged swords in Harry Potter. They only take in what makes them better. Like, right. um, so it's, it's kind of a fascinating, a fascinating concept to effectively say, you know, make the bad art and allow your, your harshest critics in essence to draw the best out of you. That's and, right. um, because eventually, listen, eventually yeah. those harshest critics are going to be your biggest fans. Actually, yeah, that that is the biggest thing that I really, really enjoy with this podcast is um, running this. I, I I'm in, I'm active in a lot of world building groups on Facebook. If you ever catch me, just you know, drop in, say hi. Like I love talking to people, and um, I, I've gotten in some slap fights with some nerds, like, um, and I mean that in the in the in the friendliest way because they they became fans, they became friends uh, over the course mm -hmm. of this, and like it's 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 largely because I'm I'm just an, an affable person. I just make friends with people when they um when, when they cuss me out that like, I, I've enjoyed that process of winning people. And I think you can win people with your art. And I think that's like Absolutely. an important, an important element of this. And it's like, it's interesting as well, because, um, I, I think this actually has some broader applications within the TTRPG space, tabletop role-playing, because, um, you're essentially talking yes. about people who are building and critiquing your world in real time as you make it. And the adaptations that you make to that world and to that story in part to kind of appease them, right. To, to, yes. make, to make the story better for them because they, they are your consumers. They are, it's important that they enjoy it much like yep. your players are your consumers. If you, if you, if you're a DM, they shouldn't be passive consumers, but in this case, right. it's, it's a really apt description because your consumers are also not passive. They're building this world with you and they are bringing right. forth ideas and sharing stuff with you. And like, I, I think that, um, I think this is something that every like every aspiring um, dungeon master or referee or game master can take into account here, like this ability to just kind of continually take the cues of your players in real time and actually morph that into your story. But there's one thing that I really like about what you're what you're doing here is because you're not really 
just taking in your criticisms, you're riding a wave, right? Like essentially what you're doing is you're doing what every surfer does and you're looking at the weight of where the wave is going and you're, and you're pursuing it, right? Like you're driving the board, but the wave is pushing you forward, right? So Correct. it's it, in that you have this certain amount of authority and that authority is what allows you to keep everything to a fine point but you also have the enormous weight of a lot of people who are able to make what you're doing better and able to push you faster and harder, which is just, it's, yes. it's a fascinating combination, but I think, I think riding the wave is probably the, the, the best way I think that I can, I, I can describe kind of how you're operating. I would agree with that. I think that, that this is the reason I give stuff away for free. Yeah. It's to generate that wave. Yeah. Right. So I, give a lot of content away for free and I'm not, I'm more interested in inviting new people into Nova Terra to explore the world with me than I am in necessarily having people pay for my content. Yeah. If you don't believe me, find Seth at a con when they start doing them again. <laughs> like, yeah. like you're throwing books at people. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Like right. really, I, I just, I love exploring worlds with people. I mean, that's why we do this podcast, 100%. right? This is yeah. like, this is world building is as much my love as writing mm. or as storytelling. And writing is just sort of the mechanism that I, that enables me to world build yeah. and yeah. to storytell. Hmm. So I think that, uh, but yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think that there is, there is a, an excitement yeah about doing this in real time mm. that i find a lot of my writer friends who who write their books edit their books and then publish them uh either through a publishing company or publish them online they lack yeah because they are so tight into their story and their world and they write it and then they give it to their audience and then they move on mm. and they're writing the next thing right whereas i am writing it while my audience is excited about it. And and this is the thing is that like with that excitement comes the danger and the risk. And like it it is the is the danger of exposing yourself. Um mm -hmm. is is why that's exciting in some ways. Like part of it is that like there is this element of just building excitement and there's also just the continual challenge of making something that is appealing on first blush and you have to be I, I think there's a certain quality to your writing that allows you to do good first takes which is a um yes which is not everybody has that not everybody has so that. i'm gonna i'm gonna clue you into the secret yeah yeah you know how i talk about pulp yeah as the greatest thing that has ever been made <laughs> yeah i write pulp yeah the advantage is that my goal is incredibly clear. Yeah. I want my reader to enjoy what they read. Mm. That is it. Yeah. Now, do I put drama into it? Occasionally. Are there high highs and, and low lows? Yes. Because that's what makes for an interesting well, and exciting yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But my overwhelming goal is that when somebody reads my book, they yeah. walk away happier than when they picked it up. Yeah. And I think that that is that goal makes for a particular type of writing. Yeah. That if I was trying to write a thriller, 
if I was trying to write a mystery, if I was trying to write in a different genre, yeah. I don't know if I was trying to convey heavier emotions, right? Or pull, pull deep drama out, out of people. I don't think, I don't think that I would be able to do what I'm doing, but when somebody sees the Patreon update, yeah, right. When it pops up in their yeah, yeah. email because it, they get mailed out or emailed out to everybody, they know, okay, for the next, however long it takes me to read this chapter, I'm going to be having fun. Yeah. And you know, like it's, it's, it's a lot of it is like, I've really, really enjoyed the thing that I enjoy the most in this podcast is doing these sorts of interviews where we get to just talk to people and get a sense of this. And it's really a lot of the desire that I know, I know Seth has it too, uh, just this passion to hear people talk about the stories they're writing. And, um, that is, that is a really good trade secret, right? Pulp, essentially, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right to entertain, right? Right. For right to entertain. Enjoyment. So look, that's why they're picking up your book in the first place. Yeah. They want, they want to escape from this world and they want to spend some time in your world. Yeah. So write to make them happy. All right. That's a good place to close. But Seth, I, I just want to get some uh, fi final details from you. Where can sure. we find your stuff? How can we get a hold of it? Where do you keep your free stuff? And how can we, how can we read that? Sure. So the big announcements are that uh, March 9th, um today today yeah that's right this is coming out on march 9th okay <laughs> so the big announcement is that today the books are book blah. so the big announcement is that book six is available today yeah to order on amazon and the third book is coming out on audible uh if you like audiobooks seriously the narrator Eric Jason Martin is awesome and and you should definitely check them out. You can get a little sample from Seth's Facebook page as well. I believe um you've been posting some of those little sort of audio I have, yeah. And actually the best place the best place to get all of this stuff mm -hmm. is just on my website, yeah. sethring.com. It'll give you links to Amazon if you're interested in the ebook. It'll give you links to uh to the audiobooks as well. Uh if you're interested in checking out my stories you can find them on the easiest places to find them on wattpad mm. and you can just search novaterra honestly what you should just do is go to google and type in novaterra and everything will come up so you can find uh, the first few books on wattpad to read for free if you're interested i also um if you honestly just send me a message i will send you a link so that you can check the first few books out for free. If you're interested in the world building aspect of what we're doing, patreon.com slash Seth Ring is where you can find my Patreon page. We have a great community. Um, hoping to do some really cool, cool stuff with it this year. Otherwise, you can follow me on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram. You can find all of those links again at sethring.com excellent well uh seth thank you for joining us here in the world <laughs> um, i am super happy to and super excited to be back next time do, do i send you a postcard now do i do is that what we do like I'd say, i think so little, little 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 secret i send i send anybody that interviews with us a nice little handwritten postcard <laughs> on the world craft club um 
so yeah I'll, well if have, you do i, I will to, treasure I have, to, it. I have to send you that so you can treasure it yeah i'll um i'll i'll, I'll write you something nice anyway oh other oh, other wait, announcement wait, that i totally forgot oh, about God. yeah merch merch there's merch there's merch i have been trying to do this for like a million years merch in march i like that if you go to sethring.com, you'll also see a link for, for merch. If you're interested in getting yourself or any of your friends some cool Nova Terra swag. Excellent stuff. All right. So this will be this will be our final goodbye. Um, thank you guys for joining us in the Worldcraft Club. If you would like to support the work we're doing as well, um, uh, patreon.com forward slash Worldcraft Club, one word at the end there. And you can jump in to get a free additional episode every month, as well as access to kind of a little occasional blog I sort of write on there, a little newsletter with a little bit of uh, a little bit of early meme access for the ridiculous crap I like to put out on the internet once in a while from the Warcraft Club. So thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for joining the World Craft Club podcast. Please go ahead and like us, subscribe to us on your preferred app. And if you use iTunes, rate us five stars if you think we're worth the rating. It really helps our numbers. If you're listening here, you're missing out on half the content along with loads of other goodies. So please consider becoming an exclusive club member at our Patreon page, starting at as low as $5 a month. If you have any questions, you can go ahead and jump on our webpage, worldcraftclub.com to get the latest updates on our blog. We're also available on Twitter and Instagram. This has been the World Craft Club podcast. Thank you for listening.